0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's Community Access Media Organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Partners? Bet you can't have just one. At least for polyamorous people. My name is Alex, I use they them pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you have had a fantastic however long it's been since you listened to the last episode. On today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about polyamory. I say a little bit, the whole episode is themed around that. Um, (laughs) So we'll start off by explaining a bit about what polyamory is. So polyamory is made up of two sort of parts. The word itself. This is um, so it's made of the, of the Greek prefix "poly," um, which means many, and the Latin word "amor," which means love. Um, and it's often abbreviated to "poly" um, in a lot of places, but um, that is sort of changing to "polyam" um, as the shortened form, um, so that it doesn't get confused with people in the Polynesian Polynesian community um, or things like polysexual. So what exactly is polyamory? Uh, Well, essentially, it is the practice of being non-monogamous. It's a relationship style, technically not inherently queer or LGBT, but a lot of queer people get involved with it, and it's sort of the whole going against the normative way of living. So I feel like it sort of encompasses itself there. It's not inherently part of it, but um, a lot of people do feel like they are in both um, and so it does have a lot of crossover as well. So polyamory is a relationship style in which multiple people can be involved in the relationship and there are many ways in which this can work Um, but essentially it is built on there is freedom for all parties within the relationships. Um, There can be multiple relationships um, and it is mostly about having multiple loves and having the freedom to explore relationships and how they evolve within the boundaries of your partnerships. But it's important to note that it is with the informed knowledge and consent of all parties involved. So the core values of it are trust, communication, consent, and mutual respect. And those are really, really important for this relationship style to flourish. There is a bit of a debate as to whether it is an identity or a choice. Some people feel like it is innate to them. It is something that is built into their the core of their being, um, and it is something that has always been and felt right for them, um, where some people choose to do it through being open to the idea and working through internalized beliefs um, that are impressed upon us because of a metanormativity. Um, so the idea that you have to have one relationship um, – and that's it. You can only love one person forever and that's all you get. And also a concept that is talked about a lot in polyamorous circles is toxic monogamy, um, which is similar to metanormativity, um, but it's about the uh, toxic ways in which um, things say that you can only love one person ever and you must spend all your, their time, all your time with them and they have to be everything for you um, and you can't get your needs met by other people. Um, And oftentimes this puts limits on platonic relationships and it influences the ways we have relationships that aren't even romantic or sexual or queer platonic. It influences it in funky, fresh ways. Um, And this is not saying that monogamy is by default toxic at all. It is just something that is impressed upon us in society um, and that takes a lot of internal work to uh, work to not have. Um, so it's a funky first time. Now let's get into some terms. So there are a bunch of different terms and styles and ways of doing things within polyamory. It is not just one, one way to do things and that's it. There are so, so many different ways to do things. There is no right way. Um, and it's about what works best for you and your partners and your... The, the amount of time you have, uh, and what you feel most comfortable with. So, first one we'll talk about is an open relationship versus polyamory. So, generally, in an open relationship, you have one main partner, um, and that's who you're romantically or queerplatonically partnered with, but you are allowed to have sex with anyone. Um, whereas polyamory is more about having multiple partnerships. However, polyamory is a broad term that covers sort of the whole, it's an umbrella term that covers everything within it, so it really depends how you want to define it. But generally, that is the difference between an open relationship and a polyamorous relationships. So a polycule or a constellation, uh, which are both very cute names, so polycule is a combination of molecule and polyamory, Um And it's basically a connected network of people in a non-monogamous relationship. Um, And so people might call this uh, a constellation because it can resemble a constellation in the ways that you have dots and you connect them all. Um, And some people call it a polycule because it sort of looks a bit like a molecule. And either way, they're very cute. (laughs) So there are also two sort of main ways of being polyamorous. So there is hierarchical and egalitarian or non-hierarchical. So with hierarchical, some partners are prioritized over others. This is usually people who started out as a monogamous couple um, and have opened up the relationship, um, and sometimes they call that first relationship their primary relationship, um, which is the main, the most prioritized relationship in the hierarchy. Um, And the secondary relationships are... may have less privileges um, and sometimes primary partners will have what is called veto power um, so they can say no you can't do this with this person. Um, Generally in the community though this is becoming a little bit frowned upon however if it works for you then it works for you. Um, It's becoming frowned upon more because it just has a bit of a weird vibe to it, a sort of controlling feeling. However, if you feel like that is best for your relationship and what will make you most comfortable, go ahead. So then an egalitarian or non-hierarchical relationship style um, is a relationship or a, a constellation or a polycule in which all partners are equal. Um, everyone's treated equal um, and no, there, there's no relationship that is treated above the other or with more privileges or less privileges. It's just everyone is treated as the same. And so a term that can be useful in egalitarian relationships is an anchor partner, which is basically the egalitarian friendly way of saying primary. Um, and it's usually the person uh, that you've been with the longest, the partner you've been with the longest, um, or have perhaps potentially the closest relationship with, Um, but it is just a way to say that they are they are the central figure in the polyamorous person's life um, without saying that they are the most important of all of them. Um, and basically, it basically means you have more logistical entanglements with that person or that partner. A metamor is a term for your partner's partner, um, often referred to in short as meta, um, and it's... Someone that you're not romantically, queer, platonically, or sexually connected with. Um, So it's just someone who your partner is partners with. Um, So you can be friends with them, obviously, um, but it's just a term to describe that relationship. And where you're not connected to them is part of the polyamorous relationship. And a telemore, which I found out the other day is a term, is a term for your partner's partner's partner. So like a game of telephone, it's further down the line, (laughs) which I think is pretty cool. And there are a bunch of different terms for um, different ways in which people are connected. So, polycule is just a general term, but there are things like Vs, so you're connected in a V, or like N-shaped, or Z-shaped, or triads, um, which are triangles, um, and generally that's when all three partners are connected and in in a relationship with one another. Um, So, there can be a closed triad, um, and that's where it's only the three people there are in a relationship and they're not open to new relationships. Um, polyamorous relationships can be closed or open. Um, it really depends. It is very, <laughs> very flexible. Um, and up to be communicated and decided between all partners. And there is also something called kitchen table polyamory. Um, which is essentially where everyone in the polycule would theoretically be comfortable sitting at a kitchen table with each other. Um, So that includes metamors, telemors, people who aren't in relationships with with one another. Basically just means that you can all be friends and get along instead of, you know, not talking to your metamors because that's something you're completely allowed to do. You know, you don't have to talk to your partner's partner. But uh, kitchen table polyamory can sometimes be seen as the goal for some people to have one big happy family sort of thing. Um, But it is definitely not the goal for everyone. So, like I said before, it is very flexible and up to you with what you're comfortable with and what stage you're at with working through different um, things in your mind to do with this. All of this is not to be confused with polygamy. Um, So, polygamy is uh, having multiple marriages. So, people in polyamorous relationships don't necessarily get married to all of each other um, and in a lot of places it's actually illegal um, and considered a crime, which is mm, a spicy time. (laughs) But yeah, they they can be related, and they often are, but um, they are two separate things. And a last term that we'll define is compersion. So compersion is, some people refer to it as the opposite of jealousy. Um, it's basically the feeling of joy that you feel when your partner is finding joy. Um, so feeling, it's essentially empathetic joy when your partner is enjoying themselves with another partner. Um, and that's not necessarily sexually, that's just having a good time with another partner. You're happy because your partner's happy. So there are a lot of misconceptions about polyamory. Um, first one is that it is cheating, um, which is absolutely not the case. One of the biggest foundations is the communication and uh, consent and respect of all partners within the polycule, you know? It's about getting consent from your partners and communicating about your needs and wants um, as well as about what you're doing. Um, so you, uh, you, in a polyamorous relationship, you do still have boundaries with your partners um, and what you feel okay with at that time. And some things are maybe necessarily not, not founded on specific things, and those are things you have to work through. And cheating can still happen in polyamorous relationships, but it is not by any means inherently about cheating there's another misconception that polyamory is all about sex it's it's just about having sex with everyone um which is absolutely not the case um first of all like sex repulsed asexual polyamorous people exist so that's f- first of all that um <laughs> second of all um it is mostly about love and connection with different partners but you know if it is about sex for you there is no shame in that like there is nothing wrong with that and it is about it's it's just about connections with other people and different ways that you have those connections and having the freedom to explore those connections rather than shutting them down and saying no you can't feel this when it's a natural feeling to have. There's also the misconception that polyamorous people don't get jealous. Um, this is not true. Jealousy is a normal human emotion, and it's completely valid to feel that from time to time. Within polyamorous relationships, however, it's about confronting that and figuring out where it comes from. If it's sadness, anger, or you feel like your needs aren't being met, or you feel insecure, it's, it's about confronting where that comes from, figuring that out within yourself and then communicating on how you and your partners could potentially rectify that. So it's just about talking about things and it, it does require a lot of self reflection. Um, which some people may not be the best at, but it is something that you have to work on really hard within polyamorous relationships. And like I said before, there is something called compersion. Um, And a lot of people think it is the opposite to jealousy, Um, but I've seen somewhere that put it really well that compersion is like a separate spectrum. So there's compersion on one side and no compersion on the other side, Um, and jealousy on one side of the jealousy spectrum and then not jealous on the other side. Um, And compersion might be the goal for some polyamorous people, but for a lot of it, it's just about becoming neutral, feeling neutral um, towards metamors or anything like that. It's okay if you don't get to the compersion stage. You are allowed to just be neutral and be at peace with it rather than having to feel like you need to feel um, really happy about it. Like, sure, it would be great, but it's not a requirement. It's also important to remember when you start feeling jealous um, not to start to try and control what your partner does with their other partners because nine times out of ten it is about yourself and maybe you feel like your partner isn't spending enough time with you. So it's about then asking to create time to spend together rather than saying you can't spend as much time with this partner make sure you focus it on you and your relationship with that partner rather than their other relationships. And the last um, misconception is that there's only one way to be polyamorous. And like I said, that is completely untrue. There are so, so many different ways. Like I said, there's a V, there's closed triads, open triads, um, and there's linear types of relationships. So you're all connected in a line, different ones connected to different partners. Um different forms of polycules. Um, so there's quads, which are squares. There's so many different names for them. Just look up polyamorous relationship styles and you'll find so, so many. So in, in terms of thinking about polyamorous relationships, I found it really interesting thinking about it in terms of how it relates to queer platonic relationships. And I was wondering about the connection between those because Queer platonic relationships are all about building relationships from scratch, not taking anything as um, automatic as like, yes, I mean obviously, like we're in this type of relationship, we obviously do this thing. Um, it's really about building up from the bottom, what's okay, what's not, um, and the constant communication of that. So I want, and and also of it being outside the meta normative, must be romantic. One person relationship So it's outside the sort of bounds of that So I found it really interesting Thinking about that And I sort of wonder if there is a connection So if if queer platonic people Are more likely than People who don't engage in those sort of relationships To engage with polyamory I wonder if there's any sort of connection with that Maybe there isn't Maybe it's just speculation But I I want some people to do some research on that And it's really upset Because it's a it's really upsetting because there is none. I tried looking for some, and there isn't, um, and it made me big sad. <laughs> I even looked on the university website library. Like, come on. <laughs> this is upsetting. And <laughs> I was complaining to my mom about this, and she was like, well, you should do your PhD on that. And I laughed because she thought I was going to do a PhD. <laughs> So, there is actually a lot of discrimination against, um, polyamorous people, despite the fact that historically, like, lots of religions and stuff have, like, allowed it, and a lot of cultures have allowed it, and it's just been a chill thing that's been part of it, but, um, Christian colonization and things like that, we love it. Um, so, discrimination, mm hmm. Um, so polyamorous people do still sort of have to come out in the way that queer people do. Um, they have to come out to parents and friends and you know potential interests um as polyamorous and they do face rejection because of that um it is part of our way of being that we have to come out to people uh especially when we're just talking about like oh yeah my partner was doing this and then they're like oh cool so they they also they do this and this and it's like oh no there's a different ones they do, and then there's the whole a following conversation about dealing with that. Um, <laughs> so that's a lot of fun um, and people do still face a lot of discrimination when they come out about those. People have been kicked out of their houses for being polyamorous. their parents haven't accepted them because their lifestyle isn't appropriate. Um, and th- there's still a lot of discrimination. In terms of that. And it is actually, in fact, a crime in New Zealand to marry multiple people. Um, it's called bigamy. Um, and it's basically just adultery, but more, um, which is so fun. So fun. Um, and there's also not that much representation for it. Like, there, there is definitely some in some books sparsely, and you can look it up, but it's mostly in terms of non-fiction books, and I would really, really like to see polyamory in more fiction um, and just see myself represented, you know? There is some in the Murderbot Diaries series that Elliot keeps mentioning on my show whenever they come on. Um <laughs> Um... Apparently, majority of characters in that are polyamorous, which is quite fun. Um, haven't read all of them, so I can't say for sure, but I, I trust them. And there does also end up being some in this YouTube series called The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. Um, it is on YouTube. Uh, go check it out. However, there are a lot of um, things about sex and things like that. So if that's not for you, then maybe avoid it. And it is... There is some, but you do have to search quite hard for it. Um, And I want to see myself represented in the media where it's just it's showing that it's not just about sex, showing happy partners, multiple of them, just living their lives. I want to see poly relationships as parents. I, I just want to see it like it's normal you know like it's not like a oh a special thing oh it's oh gotta be hidden because it's all about sex it's not i just want to see the representation okay like i just i just want some you know grabby hands I, i just give it to me please and if you have any recommendations for polyamorous representation, please do let me know at on my Instagram at pride because I am starved for the representation. Starved for it. I'm starved for it. Please give me grab your hands. For today's Creator Spotlight, I have quite a few recommendations for you. Um, I've recently been obviously doing a lot of research on polyamory because it has become part of my journey as well, which has been really interesting to get into. So um, there's been a lot of information that I've got from these ones, and these are, I I find them really, really valuable resources um, for me. And two out of three of them are queer creators of color, which is cool. The other one is also queer. They're just white. So the first one is my favorite creator at the moment, polyphilia blog on instagram so that is p-o-l-y p-h-i-l-i-a blog all one word um and they use she they pronouns um and she just has so much information on everything and she does reels and has tiktok as well so it's the same handle on tiktok um lots of memes about it, lots of information, a lot of um, stuff about confronting your own internalized problems within that. Um, And it's just such a wonderful resource. I just enjoy their content so much. And it is really useful for helping to educate other people as well. Um, I also really like... Majani Lane on Instagram. That's M-A-R-J-A-N-I-L-A-N-E. But they're another Instagram creator who also does a lot of education on stuff, um, specifically on polyamorous people of colour, because um, even though polyamory isn't widely represented, polyamory within people of colour is even less represented. And they do face unique struggles within that. And that is something that needs to be talked about and addressed. And she speaks to that, or at least some of that experience. Because, as we know, people of colour are not a monolith. Wow. Also uses she, they pronouns, and they do a lot of um, educational stuff as well as, they have some really cool graphics. Um, And uh, debunking things um, and red flags within things that you need to look for as a polyamorous person dating other people. And they have definitions of some things. they just have some really cool graphics, and I just I just think it's neat. I just think they're neat <laughs> um, there and, and the last one is Boldly Grow, which is a YouTube channel um, focused on polyamory and queerness. Um, and they, they sh- she just has so much information about confronting all the stuff within you, education stuff. These are all just wonderful educators who have very wonderful content and I just enjoy them immensely um, and you should check them out because they're cool. So the last one is boldly grow. to um, so like boldly go where no one's gone before, but grow. Um, so grow yourself sort of thing. Um, and they're all really cool. I think they're neat um, and you should check them out. <laughs> but That is the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about the wonderful world of polyamory. Um, If you do have any questions, please feel free to send them my way and I will be happy to answer them. Um, Or if you have more questions that I could add into another episode about this or um, more things that you'd want explained, please do let me know on my Instagram at stride.with.pride. But I do want to also say, like, I am not the only, the the one and only knowledge source for this. Like, please go check out the resources I mentioned. Uh, and there's so much, so much information out there. So don't just take my word for it. Take a bunch of other people's word for it, too. Do your own research. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you have an amazing day, afternoon or evening whenever you are listening to this. Remember that you are amazing, special, wonderful and loved as you are. And the people who don't see that are blind. They're blind. They don't have eyeballs. They were just taken out of their head because, like, they didn't need them. They couldn't see the wonder of you anyway. Um, so sucks to be them, right? You are deserving of so much love, um, and I hope you remember that. You better. That is the threat. I will see you next time. Don't forget to spread your joy.